what do I believe should be the qualities that the Pistons should be looking for in their new head coach that they'll be getting this offseason? We're going to talk about that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Coming up later in the podcast, we'll talk about the importance of the Pistons' big men developing something important offensively. I'm sure you guys know where we're going with that one. And then later on to the podcast as well, could some coaches that possibly may be moving on or getting fired after losing the first round, could they be someone Troy Weaver targets as the Pistons' next head coach? We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But the first thing we'll talk about is the qualities I'm looking for in the Pistons next head coach. Now all three of these topics. I told you guys earlier in the week. You guys sent me a ton of questions. So I'm cycling through the questions. I'm just turning them into topics. And these three topics right here. I got basically a lot of the same questions. Asking the same thing. So I turned them into topics. All of these. So um, I know if you guys are wondering. Hey why wasn't my question answered? Why didn't he shout me out? Like if your question had to do with any of these three topics. That's where I drew it from. So um, so keep sending the questions in. If you guys want something talked about, let me know in the comments section down below. Use hashtag mailbag or uh, on Twitter, hashtag mailbag. Let me know. Um, but all right, qualities that I'm looking forward or that I think the Pistons should look for in a head coach. The head coaching talk is going to be something that we continue to do on the podcast probably until the Pistons hire a new head coach. And then as soon as we find out who it is, we'll probably talk even more about it afterwards. So we're going to keep talking about this every day. Some qualities that I want in this head coach. Well, first, let, let's start with like a resume. Like I, I, I would like the Pistons' next head coach to have any kind of NBA experience. Doesn't have to be head coaching experience. It could be assistant head coaching experience. It could be assistance. But I, I'd like you to at least have some kind of NBA experience coaching-wise. I that's That's why I would like at least. The next thing a part of a resume, I'd like you to be someone who has coached in the in the recent memory at some point that we can remember you coaching in recent memory. That's another thing I'd love to have. Those two things. And then lastly, if it is an assistant coach you are going after, I'd love for one of the assistant coaches that you're going after, which it seems like both the assistant coaches the Pistons are going after and Charles Lee and Jaron Collins, for them to come from experienced organizations, experienced head coaches coming from good trees that you know they could have learned really great things under. Um, with again organizations that have had a lot of success, so I think they they've done that with both Jaron Collins and Charles Lee. I don't know if there's anyone else. I mean, it's been that the way the Pistons media, the way the the, the front office and and everyone around it leaks out information, it, it it's never ever clear. It's never fully clear. Like we can never just get like full transparency. It's rather annoying. But um, I I don't know. It, it they may be interviewing other guys. This 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 week with first round interviews, they may not be. It may just be a PR thing because we they won't tell us any names. But we got the three names for the three final. Like I, I don't know. It's 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 all over the place with that. Um, 
But anyways, the two assistant head coaches that we've heard that they're very much interested in are their front runners and Charles Lee and Jaron Collins. They all meet those um, th- that resume that I'd like. Now, some qualities I'd like out of a head coach. I think the Pistons really need a young, up-and-coming offensive mind. We've sat and watched Dwayne Casey be the head coach of this team for the last few years. And one thing you can say that Dwayne Casey did do with this team, he got the team to buy in. He got the team to play extremely hard. And they all enjoyed playing with each other. They all enjoyed playing for Dwayne Casey, it seems. And we rarely ever, I mean, outside the Hamadou Diallo incident on the sideline last year, or I guess two years ago, two years ago now, uh, we rarely ever had any kind of dysfunction in the locker room of people complaining or anything. Like, we didn't have that happening. So that was something we had with Dwayne Casey. But also what we had with Dwayne Casey was an emphasis on defense all the way up until this past season. We had an emphasis on defense. And offensively, it struggled. The, 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 the Pistons' offense struggled to make things work. It was very bland. It was very straightforward. And because there wasn't much structure and because there wasn't much creativity, you had a lot of players lean back into bad habits. A lot of players get asked to do things they shouldn't really be doing. The best example of this, the Pistons traded Sadiq Bey. And in James Edwards III's article, when they talked about why the Pistons decided to move on from Sadiq Bey, in that article, it said that Sadiq Bey was doing too much with the ball in his hands. They didn't like that. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, if you have a creative head coach or if you have an offensive-minded head coach, it shouldn't be that hard to tell him, hey, we want you to do this. You're not doing any of that other stuff anymore. Like, that that shouldn't be an issue. And then even after they traded Sadiq Bey, you saw Isaiah Livers start to take pull-up jumpers. You started to see him start doing more with the ball in his hands. I don't think any of us want to see Isaiah Livers do things with the ball in his hands. That's not what his future is. His future is to be a really good 3 and D player, and that relies upon his ability to hit threes at a really high clip. Off movement, catch and shoot, like all those things. We don't need Isaiah Livers doing some crazy stuff off the dribble, but he was being asked to do some of those things. Not to, an ex- to the extent of Sadiq, obviously, but he was even asked to do some of those things after Sadiq was traded. Um, you, you can go throughout the roster. Killian Hayes taking a lot of bad, take, took a lot of bad shots at times. That's because he was enabled to do those kind of things. So I'd love to get this team uh, an offensive mind that is creative enough to, if if Weaver really does want to run it, not run it back, but just revamp the wing room and then bring everyone else back, if that's like what his plan is, and he wants to try and make the young guys that he has work, it's going to take some creativity to make this work. It's just going to. James Wiseman and Duran, Stu Bagley, Killian Hayes, like it's it's going to take some creativity to make this roster work offensively. You can't just roll the ball out there and say, "Here you go, do your thing." So that's what I want. Now I know I told you guys like multiple times throughout the season, I'll never say I want offense at the expense of defense again because of how bad the defense was this year. I still remain that with that, but I think if they revamp the wing room and simply get better defenders on the wing, you can go for an offensive-minded coach while not completely giving up on on defense, like. I, th- I feel like the Pistons' defensive uh, concerns this past year, their their shortcomings, were more to do with personnel than anything else. I, I don't blame Dwayne Casey much with that. I think that it has everything to do with personnel and them just simply having zero defenders on the roster. Go out there, add some defenders to the roster, get an offensive-minded head coach that can make it work, is creative enough on offense to try to be you know, more creative than just isolation, 
Um, and that's something that Dwayne Casey really struggled with. This goes back all the way to his Raptors days. Go talk to some Toronto Raptors guys. Go talk to some Raptors fans. Talk to some Raptor beat writers. Like, that's something he struggled with all the way back to Toronto. So I'd really like it if the Pistons could change that up and do something different here and go for an offensive-minded head coach that's more modern with the modern NBA. And, again, like I said, gets creative with it. So that's the main quality I'm looking for in a head coach. What are you guys looking for in the Pistons' next head coach? What are the qualities you guys want to see? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. Coming up, we'll talk about how important the Pistons' big men's development in a certain area is to this team. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit, or you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply at eBay Motors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Um, this episode will be coming out on the day of the NFL draft, and I know Lions fans are going to be crazy. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I'm so anxious to see what they do. Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys listening are obviously Lions fans as well. Um, let me know in the comment section who you guys want the Lions to draft uh, at 6 and at 18. Do you guys want them to look at a quarterback? What, what, what are you guys looking at? You guys want Jalen Carter? Like, What do you think is going to happen, man? I can't wait. This is going to be crazy. Um, but just let me know that comment section down below or tweet at me at Cuckoo Hill um, on Twitter. Um, so one of the questions that I got a lot from you guys over the last few days is that, you know, how important is the development of the Pistons bigs that they currently have? What do they, how important is their development when it comes to shooting the basketball? And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty damn important. I like, I can I don't know how else I can say it. It's, it's probably one of the most important things on the roster. And this is why. Unless the Pistons get Victor Webinyama at the number one pick, which, my God, it would change everything. The Pistons could potentially be building a dynasty. Dude. Like, I please, God, please give us Victor Webinyama, please. But unless they get Victor Webinyama, we've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm, I don't know where they're getting this second big. Now, I'm not talking a, a second, like a, like a wing, a bigger wing that can play the four, like a lot of teams still do, and like I've been begging them to do. If they want the two bigs thing, I don't see exactly where they can go the route of getting that this offseason outside the roster that they currently have. In the draft, um, I am right now currently in the middle of my Amon Thompson um, deep dive. I've watched two OTE games. So you guys will be getting that review soon. I want to do a little bit more deep dive. I want to watch some of his other games outside the OTE. And then you guys will have that episode. Um, but my point is, 
is that outside of the guys that they have on the roster, I don't see a big man they can go after that, like, fits fits the two big thing. Outside of Chris Topps, Porzingis, who's in free agency, which I actually very much would like them to do. But Chris Topps is injury prone, so that may scare them away. I'd understand that. But he just came off arguably his best season of his career. He's He was really damn good this past year, and he would fit perfectly with Duran. But I really don't think they'll go after him. If they were, I'd understand it. I'd love it. Um, but I completely get the injury concerns and, and, and all that. Like I, I understand that. But outside of Chris Stops, I don't see where this second big is coming from. So if they do want to run two bigs, and they're really hell-bent on doing it, which it seems like it is, there is zero way that has any chance of working. There's no way. It has no chance of working unless one of these dudes become legit outside shooters. Actually, at least two of them need to become legit outside shooters. I'm not talking about... 32% from deep. I'm not talking 31% from deep. I'm talking like a legit spread, uh, stretch big. Like that has to happen. And the reason why it's so important is because it does seem like that Weaver and the co- and company is just insistent on running two bigs. And if you're going to do that, if he, if the, one of the bigs can't shoot, you're putting Caden Ivy in just like the worst case scenario. Like they need spacing. I don't know how many times we have to say it. Cade Cunningham needs spacing. They need spacing. He just does. We saw him play his absolute best so far in his career when he had a lot of threat and spacing around him. He was damn near unstoppable. So they have to do it. They they absolutely ha- It's so important that they develop shooting. Isaiah Stewart's the only one who really has shown any potential for real to do it. But they traded an asset for James Wiseman. They have a lot of money invested in him next year because he has a qualifying offer of over $10 million. And his cap holds is even more. So they've invested that into James Wiseman. They're going to need James Wiseman to be able to shoot threes. Like, it's just going to have to happen. He's going to need to be able to shoot threes. Especially if, God forbid, God, God forbid, if they were to play, if they were to try to start Wiseman and Duran together, like, Wiseman would have to become a legit three-point shooter. Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley has to become an outside threat. Because he's not a good enough defender. He's not a good enough rebounder to warrant him being on the floor unless he's able to put pressure on the rim and also spread the floor. So he has to be able to spread the floor. The only one who doesn't need to space the floor, the only one who doesn't need to learn to spread the floor is Jalen Duran because he's just pissed in starting five of the future. There's a very clear skill set that he has that they're going to build around. And he's only 19 years old, so maybe, who knows, maybe in like five, six years all of a sudden he is shooting. But I, I don't I don't see that in his future. He's a good passing big man. I see him being like a, a, a hub at the high post. Being the roll threat, uh, lob threat, rim pressure, defender, like that kind of thing. He's perfect for that. The guy next to him has to be able to space the floor out. And despite the fact that I think the Pistons just go out and, and do normal things, like go get Cam Johnson and play him at the four and just space the floor out and have great spacing, great shooting, and a roll threat for Caden Ivey, run DHOs, run pick and rolls, and space the floor out and let them do their thing, what they're best at, which is getting to the rim and then making kickouts or finishing at the rim. God forbid them just do that. We have to go two bigs, even though they don't have the personnel to do it. Don't get me started on this, man. Don't. Oh, my God. But that that just lets you know. That, that, just, that just lets you know how important, how important it is that the, these big men do develop. Because, I, I, like I said, if they are invested in the two bigs, I don't see what the other big is that's out there that they can get, that, that can spread the floor. Chris Stops is one. I don't think they can do it. I mean, maybe Cat, if they really wanted to go after Cat, but I highly doubt it. His contract is insane. I refuse to believe they'd go after that if, if the Timberwolves want to end up moving off from him. So, like, I'd, 
Maybe maybe if I dive further into the draft, maybe there's like a big guy that can shoot that, you know, maybe later on in, in the first round or something they could go after if they really want to make it work. I mean, I've just now started in the draft stuff, so maybe there is someone late in the later in the draft that I can find, but it's important, man. It's important. And it's, a, and it's, it's especially important for Isaiah Stewart because that's going to be the only way he can be a functional role player. Like, that's, that's, that's going to be the only way. He has to be able to become a shooter. That's his, he's not a good screener. He's an okay rebounder. He's horrific around the uh, around the rim. He's not going to finish anything around the rim. He can't play the dunker spot. He can't be a role threat. And the Pistons were so aware of this that they converted him to a four this year and said you have to shoot threes, which I understand. Completely understand. But that just lets you know how important it is for Stuka. I feel like really the the the, the what's the word the. Um, I don't want to say ceiling because ceiling would mean he starts doing all kinds of other stuff too. But his sustainability, I guess, as a as a legit role player in the NBA, his sustainability is all it, it literally all relies upon his ability to be able to shoot the ball from outside. And for what's worth, he's the only big who has shown that potential. He had a twenty five game sample size when he was shooting really good. So it's important for him, for his career, but for Cade and Ivy to have adequate spacing. Three of those f- four bigs that I just named, they have to become some kind of threat from outside. They're screwed. They're just, it is what it is. They're screwed. They're screwed, especially if they if they play them together. They play them together, they have to be able to shoot or we're all screwed. So that's how important it is to me. It's probably one of the top things of this offseason that has to happen unless they end up trading them and moving in a different route, moving away from the two bigs or getting a different big that can actually spread the floor that they know it. So unless they do one of those things, this development is in- extremely important so let me know what you guys think about that how important do you guys think the development of the big men shooting from the outside is let me know in the comment section down below or over on twitter at kooka hill by the way the two bigs that you guys you know some of you guys always tell me well, they run two bigs they run two bigs why, why can't the pistons do it yeah they just got eliminated in the first round by the new york knicks they were i believe at last before this game they were the second worst three-point shooting of any playoff team in the nba I'm talking about the Cleveland Cavs, by the way. And without Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland being the best, one of the best pull-up three-point shooters in the entire NBA, which they weren't during this series, all of a sudden they lose. And they can't space the floor. And they can't shoot the ball. And now they're screwed. Other things happened, obviously. Evan Mobley didn't have a good series. Jared Allen got outplayed. Like, those things happened as well. But if they had spacing, uh, and also their fifth starter wasn't great. But again, if they had some spacing to do, it, on their roster, maybe Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland have more room to work, and they could have done something. But you know, that's the maybe we shouldn't be trying to have the Pistons blueprint be a team that just lost in the first round in five games. Like maybe that shouldn't be what they're trying to do. But who? What? What do I know? What do I know? Um, coming up, we'll talk about. Is it possible the Pistons could be waiting to see if some of these coaches that are losing in the playoffs? get fired and then go after them we'll talk about that when we come back but first i've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors ibotta groceries school shopping and getting a little something for yourself you know you're already doing it so why not get cash back for it with ibotta you can earn cash back on every shopping trip ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's just that easy. The average Ibotta user 
earns $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight that you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries was over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two and a half times that back in, ca- in cash back from Ibotta. Or even more, depending on how much you use Ibotta. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps will give you points, but they don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you can get real cash back that can cash you out at the bank, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED with Ibotta. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So obviously the Detroit Pistons are still in the middle of their coaching search. They have not found their coach. They're still doing second-round interviews, and they might be doing first-round interviews. I know that's been kind of like like we mentioned earlier. It just It's kind of been confusing the way it's been reported, at the very least, I'd say. Um, but is it possible that the reason why the Pistons are taking a little bit, and it hasn't, it's not like it's been a long time, but the reason why the Pistons are you know taking their time here is because maybe... They're waiting to see if some of these coaches in the playoffs get fired and then they get interested in some of those coaches. James Edwards III of The Athletic in his last article, he mentioned in one of these paragraphs, quote, the organization will do at least another round of interviews with different candidates per team sources and could also sit back and wait to see if any head coaches currently in the playoffs become available. Do I think the Pistons could be actually doing that? It's possible. It's possible. Um, there's only one coach, though. There's only one coach I think that I'd actually like the Pistons to go after. Very much would want them to go after, actually. He became available and, and a team moved on from him. There's only one that that's lost in the playoffs or may lose in the playoffs. And that's Ty Lue. It's Ty Lue. I do, the Pistons should not be going after J.B. Bickerstaff. I do not want J.B. Bickerstaff, the Cleveland Cavaliers head coach. Do not want him. Not interested. But Ty Lue, I think Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in the NBA. He's one of the best X and O's guys, I feel like, in the NBA. One of the best adjustment makers in the NBA. One of the best strategists in the NBA. I feel like that's exactly what the Pistons need. That's exactly what the Pistons need. And like I've said before, I feel like the Pistons are, and it looks like the Pistons front office obviously agrees, that the Pistons are past the point of going after motivators, going past the point of role models and guys who show you how to be great young men. Like they are actually looking for a head coach that can put the put, put some really good stuff on the floor, make adjustments, X and O wise, are very smart in that department, put these players in the best position to succeed and get wins. And if Ty Lue actually were to become available, if the Clippers actually moved on from Ty Lue, which it sounds like it's actually a chance, maybe they move on or... He simply leaves. There, that sounds like something that could actually happen. I would very much like the Pistons to be interested 
in Ty Lue. Very much so. A championship head coach. Has worked with some of the best players of all time. Very much would love them to go after Ty Lue. The problem with that is... If Ty Lue were to move on from the Clippers... If he were to leave the Clippers... There's just a part of me that refuses to believe that he does it for like a, a team that's coming up. Like this is a championship caliber coach. He won a championship in in Cleveland. He, you know, he's been cha- he's been coaching contenders since then. Like I feel like he's someone that will go to a team if he were to move on from the Clippers. Either this offseason he goes to a team that is contending, trying to win, or maybe he sits out a year and comes back next year for a team that's trying to win that fires their coach. Like, that's the thing. I, I don't know if Ty Lue actually would be interested in coming into coming to a team that is entering out of the, like, tanking role of the rebuild and now is just trying to take, like, marginal steps moving forward. Would he actually be interested in that kind of thing? I don't know. I don't know. But if he was, go after Ty Lue. Go after Ty Lue. I like Charles Lee. I like Jaron Collins. I think they're interesting. I think, I think they're up-and-coming guys. I won't be surprised if they're head coaches in the next few years if they weren't with the Pistons, if the Pistons don't hire them. I won't be shocked if they're both not head coaches in the next few years. They're very much liked around the NBA. Great stuff, great experience, have worked their tails off to up the ranks to get experience, like all that stuff. I'm fans of them. But Ty Lue is different. Ty Lue is different, and if he became available and he showed any interest in wanting to be at the Pistons head coach, the Pistons should go out there and make it damn happen. Make it happen. So that, that's my that's my take on that. What do you guys think? You guys want Ty Lue as the head coach if you were to lead the Clippers? You guys think Ty Lue would even be interested in coming to Detroit? And should the Pistons go all out for Ty Lue if you were to become available? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And until next time, enjoy the NFL draft. Lions, please don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. Um, Enjoy the NFL draft, guys. Stay safe. And until next time, peace out.